the problem of people not having a website, you're solving the problem of people not knowing how to do employer branding. So again, you're using it in a much larger strategy. Hey there, good to see you. Welcome to Post Status. We've got a great conversation for you in this episode. But first, I have the privilege to introduce to you a great sponsor that helps support Post Status and this podcast coming to your ears. And that's Gravity Forms. So Gravity Forms, in case you haven't heard of them, they're a form builder. They're a powerful form builder for WordPress. And they are a big choice for businesses and web professionals across the globe. It's got a ton of features, a ton of add-ons. It's got drag and drop. It's got a form editor. It's got this huge amount of ways you can integrate with with every service you could possibly imagine. Um, You should go check out their website. It's amazing. Lots of payment processing options available there too. You can also ensure on top of all of this that whoever uses the forms, they'll get a nice designed, beautiful, intelligent, accessible form, which is great for you if you're building the site because that's great for any project, right? So go check them out at poststatus.com slash gravity forms. Everybody, welcome back to Post Status Draft Podcast. Got a great uh, interviewee today. I met a couple of months ago back at WordCamp US in Baltimore, and uh, we kind of met. I was walking down the street, and I heard my name. I turned around and got to meet somebody I'd been slacking with, which in uh, is Roger Rosswide. Did I do the R- Ross? Okay. Nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> of WildCloud. And we had this really great impromptu conversation. And what struck me, Roger, about that was you're passionate about what you do and very articulate too. Like you're seeing things and able to say what they are and what your unique place uh, in the ecosystem is. But um, so I'm excited to have you on finally talk about these things publicly. Uh, Roger, could you tell us a little bit about yourself, what you did with WordPress and WildCloud? Thanks. Uh, And thanks for inviting me. Absolutely. So it's it's much more fun to have this conversation without us drinking beer, or it would actually be a lot more fun if we, you know, had a second go at uh, the last time we had this conversation. <laughs> yeah. But anyways, uh, I really enjoyed the conversation we had at that time. And to give people a bit of background about myself, um, I'm Dutch. I'm from Holland. I have a company with three of my best friends, which is... Honestly, it's something I would recommend anybody. Uh, sometimes they say business and friends don't mix. I have the opposite experience. And I found myself having an agency with my friends, or two of them at least at that time. And um, as you do when you have an agency, you start to focus on something that you're really good at or what you're really passionate about. And in our case, for some reason, we focused on gyms and restaurants. Um, and As an agency, we mostly did a lot of marketing, a lot of digital marketing for these people. I'm actually a content maker by trade. Uh, I studied fashion for some reason, uh, which I clearly do nothing with, but still. And uh, at some point we noticed that we were selling a lot of websites. And we always joked that websites are basically the free nachos that help you sell more margaritas. (laughs) <laughs> and if you really want to stretch that analogy, then you really do have to give away those sites for almost nothing, because really that's the way that you sell more margaritas, right? You stuff people with salty stuff and then you sell them drinks. So that's, that's basically our, that was our strategy towards uh, websites. And so if you, if you want to give away a lot of websites, then you kind of have to find a way to streamline 
the processes in order to scale your business. Because that's ultimately what we were trying to figure out. How do you scale an agency? Which I think is the most important question that all agency owners ask themselves. And it has so many constraints, right? And so our way of removing some of those constraints was to standardize the websites that we were selling. So same theme, same plugin stack. We were always developing a plugin stack, making it more lean, more elegant. And then we wanted to find a way to automatically provision those sites after people bought us bought something from us in our web shop. These were all things we didn't have yet, but we had an approximation. We had a way to basically build the same website over and over again. And then you end up with this management problem. And uh, we were solving it, but not really. And then fate hit us in the form of the pandemic. Uh, as you can imagine, an agency focusing on restaurants and gyms has a real big problem. So we basically lost all of our customers in the course of a of a week. Um, I pride myself on proactively calling all of our customers and pausing their projects with us because I knew that they were in the pickle. So I wanted to be the good guy. And uh, that helped us a lot afterwards when they started to recover, they came back. But at that time we had zero customers anymore. So this problem that we were having, how do we scale up this business model that we have we, we now finally had time to, to solve it. And so what we started doing is looking at the way SaaS companies scale their business. And if you want to do this the right way, you have to do it in the most fundamental way, right? The first principle thinking that oh, people say Elon Musk always does. SaaS companies grow and scale to be unicorns because of a simple reason, and that is they have multi-tenant cloud infrastructure which basically means that you maintain a central code base and push out changes to all of your customers at once. So we're using Zoom right now. If Zoom wants to roll out a new feature to all of its customers, it does because they use multi-tenancy to push those push that code to all of their customers. And so we wanted to use that for ourselves and build a platform. And of the three founders we had at that time, there was only one technical one and he was completely able to build the platform but it just took too long. And so we asked one of our best friends to join us. And he was actually making so much money at another company that we had to find an investor. That honestly, honest to God, that's how we started looking for investors because we wanted to find a way to get him in the company. And only then did we start researching what we were building exactly and how it was translating into a market opportunity. And that's when we found out that we were doing something that nobody had done before and still hasn't, which is introduce multi-tenancy so that other agencies can leverage it in the same way that SaaS companies are leveraging it. And um, the first investor that we had come on board was um, an investment vehicle by Porsche, the car maker, and a company called Axel Springer, which is the largest media company in Europe. And that projected us you know, into another realm basically, but still having virtually no experience in the WordPress project. Like we, as an agency, we didn't consider ourselves WordPressers. Um, so fortunately, like you, we now have an, have an investor that is very familiar with that. And as an agency, I thought I had it really figured out. And then you enter into a world of WordPress and you kind of understand that you have to start from scratch again, um, which has been the most fun adventure I've been on so far because the WordPress community is the most welcoming and hospitable Yep. community I've ever been in. I've been in virtual reality. I've been in 
fashion. I've been in content making, but the whole WordPress eco ecosystem. I'm making friends. Um, I I I love that, and the, and the community minded of it, and the fact that we're having this uh, discussion under the the post status uh, brand. Yeah, that's that's that makes work really fun. So. Um, Hopefully that provides a bit of context about me. <laughs> yeah, that's some great background too. Um, for, you know, I was going to ask like, how, how'd you get to be W cloud? And you kind of said that I love the stories where really good products come out of your own needs and what you're seeing in the field. Um, and there's a lot here for me to kind of come back to and ask about the first thing I wanted to mention is I love that you, you started this whole conversation with, um, I was in fashion and I go, there's so many talented people in WordPress that code wasn't even their background. And it brings this fresh perspective and you can see it as you, as we talk, like how you bring that creativity vision into the work you're doing. So that, that was super cool. I'm never surprised, but I'm kind of a little surprised sometimes to hear the diverse backgrounds people come into WordPress. Um, so you mentioned something too, um, the you're serving gyms and restaurants, which again, physical, physical located bricks and mortar type businesses that COVID presented a monumental challenge to them. I tend to think barring not saying this about your particular experience, because that's, that's a hard thing to do to pause an agency work and go, okay, our clients are on pause right now. Um, but COVID to me pushed those bricks and mortars to go, this thing of the web we've kind of neglected because everything is here in this space and to diversify their strategies. And I love that. I love the fact that now you got yoga studios thinking about um, scheduling classes online and still using their HQ, their, their base of operations as a lo physical location, but serving even more people. And I would say making even more money um, real quick before I get on to website as a service. And that's my next question really. Um, but Anything you saw from those past clients as that that kind of trend that she, that kind of stands out because I love it pushing more of our um, planet into hey digital is a great space the web is a great space to use maximize business reach more customers but any any thoughts about that that you saw from those gyms and your former clients and things like that? Well, yeah, absolutely. the um, The gyms in particular, I think, became the most creative. For restaurants, it was, um, well, I don't want to underplay this, but it was a pretty straightforward decision, right? You have to do delivery. And uh, obviously, there are m many ways you can go about that. You can go for the Uber Eats. You can go for the local uh, com competition. But anyways, like the the idea to do delivery or to do meal plans or whatnot, was it, it already existed and it was now a bandwagon to hop onto. So I think... In that sense, the restaurants were able to recover the fastest. Um, but yeah, the gyms now suddenly had to start competing with personal trainers and uh, Instagram influencers and had to come up with their own strategy to you know, sell digital workouts. Uh, if people can't actually go to the gym, some people were renting out equipment to people nearby. Um, I've seen some really creative solutions. What uh, I think triggered us to pursue the platform that we were building is one particular customer, which is a, a therapy, a physical therapy platform. So they have a website where most people go to if they search for ailments that pertain to physical therapy. 
And uh, what this website does is it'll refer people to local um, physical therapy uh, businesses in their in their area. So basically, it was like this hub, and then they referred other people. And then at some point, they noticed that even though they were referring people, those other websites that people would land on, those specific websites, weren't always converting those people because those websites were old or they just weren't maintained, uh, they weren't working properly. And so obviously this business owner was investing a lot of money in his own website and he saw an opportunity to start offering up, you could say tiny duplicates of his own platform to these specific partners. And so that was actually the first website as a service that we've built for this particular customer who is still a customer with us today. Because all he wanted to do was say, he wanted to have his own website, clone that over and over again. And then every time he would improve something about his own website, which he was obviously spending a lot of money on, he just wanted to push that particular improvement to all of his customers for a recurring, recurring monthly fee. And so now it almost is taking the shape of the traditional website or rather software as a service model. But now you replace the software with website as a service model. And so we were we were trying to solve our own problem and noticing that we could solve it for a customer at the same time, which is a which is a revelation because now we could actually get paid to build the platform that we wanted to build for ourselves for as a, as an internal tool initially until other people started noticing and then we needed to get our co-founder on board to build it faster and that's how the whole thing started. Um, but yeah, it's it was a it was a time that I'm very happy to look back on because it, it helped us in many ways shape and, and catalyze whatever is happening right now. But it was a time of great creativity. And uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I heard somebody say this the other day. It's not, as, it's not as if I'm fond of COVID. Right. <laughs> <But> it, <laughs> let's be clear about that. Um, but it's it, it did have its merits. At I, the time, at least. Yeah, just a side comment to that. I think there are crises and things that happen that need to happen to spur us to do whatever is next. Um, so I, I I looked at that too. I go, okay, let me find, there's a lot of negative in COVID. Obviously would, people die, right? But I go, there's positive in it in that it pushed some great cultural institutions, you know, in, in positive ways. And I'm, I'm thankful for that. Um, so I want to talk about, so WildCloud, the, we got the backstory kind of there, what you, we did and the concept of website as a service. So really in that, that the client you just mentioned, they have like, what I've seen on your website is blueprint, a blueprint for something for a particular niche, um, and want to be able to deploy that to other people. Um, that is that essentially website as a service in your mind? Yes. The, the technical definition, I would say, applies there. The business definition, which is just another way of explaining it over a different axis, you could say, is that instead of paying a lump, lump sum upfront and then often another sum after completion to have an agency build an individual project, a one-off, you buy a pre-built, often managed website for a monthly recurring fee. And this, this is often a subscription. And this is something that is not specifically exclusive to WordPress, 
But the benefit of doing it with WordPress is that you buy a website that you can own that is not built with proprietary software. Um, but in essence, you are getting something where an agency becomes not a product, rather a project builder, but a product builder and says, we have all this experience. We have all this expertise in this specific subject. Could be I'm building website for hairdressers or for restaurants, but it could also be that I'm the best at building web shops for small businesses, membership websites. We have many of those on our platform. So I'm really, really good at that. So instead of building a one-off project every time, I'm building this one product that you can buy from me and you can decide if you want to customize it yourself, build your own pages, upload your own media, whatever, or I could help you with that as well. But the idea is that you cut out 80, 90% of the development time, you get the product ready to go. Uh, it's completely self-service onboarding, site provisioning happens after people make a purchase in your web shop. And then as an agency, you obviously want to be as efficient as possible in managing as many websites as possible. So the way to do that is by developing and maintaining all these sites from a single source. Uh, at least that's our solution to it. But without getting into the details and the, and the specs of the platform, the idea is that you sell people a site subscription and they get the product immediately after purchasing. That's excellent. So... I lo love the concept. I've seen people try to pull this off in in some ways, and uh, I know it's hard. You all have got the technical infrastructure, everything behind the scenes to do this. But what I'm curious about with website as a service is, in your experience and what you've seen with clients and doing it yourself, what things stand out? So, well, let me ask this question first. I, I would assume, but who is the target ideal client for this you mentioned agency but there's probably an entrepreneur out there that doesn't necessarily go i don't build website necessarily but i know marketing or i know a specific thing let's who are those people in your mind that go this is ideal for them to take a next step in their business whether it's an agency or whoever else who who are those type of people you envision as you build this product continue to build yeah. this product it's a very good it, I'm very impressed that you um, that you're pointing this out because, well, it's not something that I expected. Uh, but yeah, you're right. The unexpected customer of our platform is very often someone who doesn't necessarily have as much technical skill or at least something to confidently build a website product, but they know their audience really well. And so what we often see is they're either marketers or they are business consultants or they have had a management position in their specific uh, industry. And they know for a fact that the websites that their peers usually have suck. And so WordPress is fortunately, you know, very accessible. Uh, it, it, it's, it requires not too much effort. So a lot of people have the idea that they can build something. And so we find them actually tinkering away on our platform. That is a pretty large part of our audience. And again, it's not, not a, a, an audience that I expected. The focus of our marketing campaigns is usually the smaller agencies. We've noticed that the bigger agencies have sometimes solved this problem simply by throwing bodies at the problem. Um, it would be much cheaper to do it our way, but often you are set in your ways. So if you have hired 10 or 20 people to manage a lot of websites, 
you don't want to you don't want to fire them and i can i completely get that but if you have an agency or you are a freelancer but an agency to say up to 10 to 15 employees then most of the time it's actually the business owner on that's on our website making the decision to explore the platform and then still it's a developer or somebody technical that's actually going to use the platform but most of the time i have sales conversations with business owners who see this as, a, as an opportunity to skill their business without having to hire more people because mm -hmm. that's the whole idea you don't have to hire more people but you can in fact sell more websites and um so i find myself creating a lot of content and my co-founder finds himself doing a lot of business consultancy conversations where we don't necessarily have to focus on the technical side of things. Often enough, these people hire other people to build a product for them. It's more about, all right, so how can this work for my business? How does this business model really work? And um, it's a, it's a shift, right? You go from project to product. So it, it requires different KPIs, different metrics, different, um, projections so um it's it's exciting <laughs> yeah yes because the more and more you know i've talked to bunches of agencies and they're the majority of our membership and you go the one thing you all think they need and rightly so recurring what revenue so in between the big projects and stuff like that a lot have obviously done maintenance uh and you know, uh, uh, not maintenance. Yeah, maintenance and care type plans to get that recurring revenue. But I think this is interesting because if the agency looks at who they kind of gravitate toward or gravitates toward them, there's probably some things they do in every project that stand out and why they're being asked to do these projects. And I would assume that's that's great fodder for an agency owner to go look at what our commonalities with clients are. Do we do we gravitate toward, uh, I'm just throwing out examples, but nonprofits or um, e-commerce or like you said, membership sites, do we end up doing a lot of that work? And is that something that could be productized in the sense of a website as a service and offered for people? Um, but what, what, what are some, you know, as an agency owner is kind of evaluating this, what kind of questions stand out to you that goes, okay, this might have some potential to be the recurring revenue website as a service and help our clients reach their goals. So often the a really green flag for me is if they see it as part of a, a larger strategy. So we're talking agencies, right? We're not necessarily talking people that are uh, dead set on building an entire website as a service solution. Uh, because obviously I see those people a lot and those are my favorite customers. But for agencies, I would say you have your own way of building and scaling your company right now. I would never ask an agency that's doing something that's working to completely shift their business model towards a website as a service. But it can be an amazing addition to speak to an audience that may not be able to afford your project right now. And you can actually use a website as a service as a lead magnet to get those people inside of your realm and actually mm -hmm. get them to pay you for something that they are probably going to figure out themselves. And because they don't have to spend a lot of money on you right now, they can actually focus that time and money on building their business using the product that you've sold to them. And so as they become more and more successful, they're now going to open up a budget to 
take out this site out of its standardized managed environments and turn it into a project that obviously you're going to take on because you've already provided so much value to them. And that is actually something that I see happening quite a bit. It, it's something that obviously I've not come up with myself. It's something that I see the customers of ours doing. Um, so you use it as a complementary product that is helping you land those big fishes and basically just nurturing your, your, your leads, as it were, by actually turning them into customers on a different product that you have. And um, as, those are some of the signs where I see, okay, this person or these people are thinking about this in a in a in a way to scale the entire business and not as a as a cool new thing or something. Well, it's it's like you said, you know, 10, 15 person agency might not have the resources to just hire a sysadmin, right? To manage servers. And you've done that work for them, but can look and go, uh I love that you talked. Maybe they can't afford you right now, but they could graduate to to be a custom project as their needs grow. I think that's a compelling way for an agency owner to think about the clients is that's a, that's a new revenue potential for them to capture probably some of the leads that aren't even, you know, they're just not going to go wherever their project scope is, uh, but could take them and then eventually graduate if they get into, you know, success. And I love that mindset about that. Yeah. And then it's, um, Sorry, I, I wanted to add to that. It's like selling plugins and themes, right? I speak to agencies all the time. And another green flag for me is if they've already thought about or started productizing some of their services, so they've built a feature in the past, but they've turned it into a product. I just spoke to an agency who does a WP calorie calculator. So if you have a gym website or a, 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 I don't know, anybody in the health industry, mm -hmm. So you can mm -hmm. calculate calories for any type of thing. And they've turned it into a plugin. So people using the plugin at some point may need agency services and they turn to whoever's building the plugin. And if you have that productized mindset then or ambition, then the website as a service model works really well for you. Well, and they've seen the projects they've launched for clients and know those things that probably have commonalities that are success for them. You know, I think about websites as marketing vehicles. I mean, that's, they're on the web, they're presentations of what you do, but I, I would, I would gather if an agency owner just looks at, okay, this thing we need to do every, like calorie counter, that's a great exa example. It's a feature that's probably, there's a plugin for everything in WordPress. So something that they all probably need uh, and that you've seen they have some success with, the, the thing that stands out for me, I think you said physical therapists um, earlier. So we, we've, we've had a startup for, to help mental health, health therapists. And you go, gosh, the industry is 10 years behind technologically. It got a little bit of a boost with COVID, but 10 years behind. And, you know, honestly, a lot of them don't have money, a lot of money, but the idea is that over time they're going to grow their practice from just a business standpoint, be able to earn more. But there's some simple things. So we came up with this, you know, okay, what are those key needs? They just need to be found in Google. Uh, Google My Business is a part of that too, because here in the United States, at least, it's based mm -hmm. on a geographic region. But you go, there's there's commonalities with those therapists that they just need, but they don't need a 500 page website. 
they need a couple of things to help them with local SEO and help the client see what they're doing and convert to potentially call it, I say convert with mental health, but uh, to be able to make a call, to schedule a first session, to get the help they, and support they need. But those aren't like super advanced, but our problem was we're like, they need to be well sized. We're going to teach them how to do that. But like, we're not in the business of doing that, but that would be a great example is can't afford our services, have some needs, could potentially graduate on to do more projects um, downstream a bit. This is an ex especially strong example that you're giving here because um, there's basically two ways to go about this, right? You could have one website and every um, expert or, or um, well, let's call them an expert, would have its own subpage and that would be fine. Or you could have every expert have its own website. And you 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 corrected yourself and you said convert. I don't think that's necessarily a bad word to use because at the end of the day, that person is also a business owner. That person needs to make a living in order to be able to provide the service. Mm -hmm. So I think capitalism and um, and helping other people go hand in hand here. But the reason why I'm pointing it out is if you want to convert your customers that are going to be searching for you or your services nearby, then you're always going to win if you have a locally optimized website and a locally optimized website is always going to perform better than a locally optimized page on a website that with many other pages that are locally optimized for other regions. So if you are serious about getting your customers digitally, then you need to have your own website that is completely yours and individual, unattached to anything else, where you can focus your content and your SEO on your services in your area. And so a website as a service works really well for that for those people. They get a website that they don't have to pay a large amount of money for, and then they can focus their attention on optimizing it locally. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a great example. And it's uh, it's one of the reasons why I'm personally very excited about the um, potential of the platform. We have most of our customers are actually in the US, but we have a lot of attention from Africa and India, Pakistan. Uh, we're actually quite big in Southeast Asia, so Thailand, Vietnam. I've worked in Africa myself. I was a startup coach uh, for a nonprofit, and we were helping startups in Africa build a business that with the vision of transforming the, the continent. And um, it's where it's where I get most of my passion from still, like helping other people. And seeing all the interest that we have from Africa, where I can completely see how this is a platform where, where you can actually introduce a new business model that will help more people get online, as opposed to selling very expensive projects one by one. Um, yeah, it's one of, we're still figuring out the business model in terms of the economics because our platform is a little too expensive still for most people. Um, although it's very affordable and I would say competitive with any other hosting platform in the Western world. But when we get there, um, that would be, that, that's going to be a really great day for me. That That's awesome. And I, uh, yeah, that sparked me because I'm like, gosh, that that's ideal. Don't have a lot of money at the moment need to leverage these technologies to do something and being able to roll that out to them, I think is really fantastic. And part of the democratizing uh, publishing 
mission with WordPress. Um, so I'm curious. So you're an agency. Let's put ourselves in the agency owner. Um, what thoughts? And I'm just kind of switching to the business side of this. You want to do you're 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 thinking, okay, I can serve these type of people, you know, with these types of paths, blueprints, things that are going to help them market on the web. How how do you think about packaging and pricing of those? So we're the agency owner hat for a second. I see an opportunity if we want to use therapists or some other uh, example. How would you think about packaging and pricing those? Because, you know, the first question that was coming up for me, Roger, is when you get a website up, it looks great, but there's no content. So in the terms of those services or things that you might offer, you could offer different tiers, I'd assume. Uh, I just want the website. I'm going to go in there and flesh my content out. But what are your thoughts? Have you seen clients and done it yourself um, that kind of stand out to you about how to think about that packaging and pricing? So on the pricing side, um, you could see it as a pretty simple rule of thumb. Um, I don't remember using these calculations myself when I was an agency owner, but now that I am a SaaS owner, I use a completely different set of KPIs. And one of them is the lifetime value of your customer, like the LTV. And if you know the LTV of your agency customer right now, and you know how much you've sold the project for, then you can kind of estimate how much you need to charge per month to get to that same number at the end of your LTV. So that gives you a bit of a ballpark as to the type of product that you're going to sell, because that's the value that you're providing here. Now, obviously you can make it more affordable, more accessible, depending on the volume that you expect to reach. Uh, but if you're looking to sell a lot of these sites, say 200 or more, then probably you want to do it for a little bit less because you're still going to make a lot of money in the process. In practice, I see a lot of our customers sell sites between so now we're talking US uh, for a moment, between $100 and $300 per month. So it's actually a pretty interesting number if you consider that you can also upsell them other features and other mar uh, services. Now, in terms of packaging, most of the time I see our customers sell a pretty straightforward blog or portfolio website that does only a couple of things. And it comes with a couple of pages you we actually enable people to launch different designs under the same code uh, version as we call it so it means that you can have multiple templates that spin up multiple designs of the same product and still manage those centrally and then that's tier number one and via the api that we expose and we actually make this stupid simple for you you could actually upsell them add-ons so say for example they at at one point notice that they've bought the portfolio website, but they actually also want to include a membership or now they also want to sell stuff. You can actually self-service wise, upsell your customers to also include WooCommerce and it will activate automatically. It will pre-configure itself and then people can get started or get going with that. So you can actually, you can, you can stagger or build up these packages as, as expensive as you want. We actually have a customer that's pretty much built this, its own plugin store, you could say. So it, it's, it, it, I would say it has at least 40, 50 add-ons. So the basic product is $40 per month. But if you were, were to order all of their add-ons, it would be a couple of hundred dollars per month in this site. And it all works in a self-service type of way. And I think that's 
another reason why I'm so excited about this, um, because I've become such a fan of the collabor collaborative spirit of the WordPress e community. And I'm always looking for ways to get people to collaborate even more because I think it strengthens what we're doing. And one of the things that I've noticed in my own position as, as a former agency owner is I didn't feel as involved. I didn't feel like I had much to contribute. I was, I was just selling the sites based on the plugins and themes that other people were building and we would build our own theme, but we weren't actually in the ecosystem and I had no reason to reach out to certain plugin owners. But the moment you start to think of your site as a product, you become um, focused on having everything work at scale. And so plugin builders are in connection with us and we are in connection with the agency owners to make sure that everything still works as they scale up. And that brings together people that would normally not be in the same conversation. Um, you're trying to figure out if your LMS plugin is still going to work well with your SEO plugin as you sell 200 of them. And, uh, and that makes for a very interesting conversation or you're trying to stylize the WP admin in such a way that it's much easier for your non-technical customers to use. And you wanna know how that works with the licensing. And so more and more, we see the agencies becoming aware that they're actually in the WordPress community and starting to reach out to people for us, connecting them with us, and then sparking this conversation. And um, yeah, that's, it, it basically introduces a new frontier to WordPress, which is something that I'm very passionate about. Uh, so right now, most people think of WordPress as a CMS that you can use to build websites. And over time, we're introducing this new frontier where you can start thinking about WordPress as an OS where you build SaaS products mm. using the technology that's available to you. And um, it lets developers and, and semi-technical people build stuff with WordPress with the same skills that they weren't able to build before. And uh, I think that strengthens and fortifies the project. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I was thinking about some of the specific agencies and they might not even be web development agencies, but they're adjacent. So marketing agencies that do SEO or, you know, my wife runs a content marketing agency. And, um, you know, one of the things that she deals with quite often are websites that just don't have the technical foundation right and tuned. And so she ends up doing more of that work and working with partners on that work because flat out, they just don't have the technical underpinning to really, you know, they don't have a fast vehicle for what they need. And so, you know, I think about these agencies that do SEO, um, content marketing, whatever that is, you know, two in this is like, well, if you, early on in iThemes, I remember talking to a guy, he was using one of our themes and he's like, I don't want to do web development, but I have to because they don't have great websites to even do the marketing that I do for them. So I I think that's another broader than just, we have majority are web development type agencies that post us, but, you know, adjacent is they're using WordPress probably, you know, logging in and using. And the other thought was, you know, since I've been in WordPress about 15, 16 years now, um, I've kind of bemoaned the fact that WordPress is the DIY 
solution has gotten extremely competitive in the space. And there's really, really good solutions out there. Wix, Weebly, Squarespace. And this is an opportunity to kind of recapture some of that because they all have all the, you just go on maybe one of those, uh, their templates that they use and look at the categories and you go, there's opportunities in those categories to do it well with one space catered to their needs. Um, that could be part of that recapturing some of that ground or holding steady that ground, maybe even growing it. Um, if agencies looked at that too and go, there's probably so many, like you said, that can't afford us, but down here and kind of, you know, it's a way to get WordPress out, grow WordPress on the, I, on the internet. You're giving great examples. And um, I'm, I'm very pleased with with how you're taking this idea and then creating all these different scenarios and and they all fit. Uh, the best, the biggest compliment I've had so far is um, an agency from Houston, Texas, and they were actually losing customers to Shopify, which was the exact same problem that we were having. I found myself uh, in arguments with potential customers that were saying, why should I hire you if I could build it myself on Shopify? And I thought to myself, uh, that sounds like a great idea. You could definitely pick out a template. I'd love to see you actually build out the pages and make it all work seamlessly and then maintain it as well. But still, you know, you find yourself in that argument because that's the limited um, uh, comprehension that people have at that point, which is totally fine. It's not your job. They had the same problem. And they started building a website as a service that was basically competing with Shopify. And the compliment that they gave to me was we were actually able to retain our customers and so beat Shopify by building a solution. And that is something that I, um, for all its benefits and its glory, is something that people need to understand about WordPress is that it's, it isn't a solution for the end user. It isn't. It's the start of a solution for somebody who's building the website, which often enough are not the same people. The end user and the people and the person building it or the company building it aren't the same. So there's always going to be this gap in knowledge. And so whatever you deliver to the end user has to be an actually fully functioning solution in the way that you pick up an iPhone and know how it works. And, and WordPress just isn't that. But that doesn't say that whatever you build does can be completely sophisticated. I've, I've seen the most beautiful websites and we've all known, we, we can all name the examples. Um, so in the right hands, whatever you build with WordPress can be a work of art. And if you think about it in a product-based mindset, the way that SaaS people now think about how the user experience and the customer journey should work, um, you can build something that is for people ready to take off the shelf and start using for themselves. And um, and to get back to one of your points, the, the majority of the sites that we actually built in our agency weren't complete corporate websites for restaurants and gyms. They're actually the landing pages for the marketing campaigns that we ran. We, did, we didn't want to sell them a complete website overhaul. That was also too big of a project for most of them. So what we did is we built a sales funnel that was actually converting using websites that we were building for them. And we were managing all these different landing pages. So you're completely right. You don't have to build a website as a service with a product that replaces somebody's website. You can also use it to help your marketing campaigns by building landing pages and whatnot, or build the membership 
um, uh, sites that people can attach to their main site. It doesn't have to replace everything else. Oh, I didn't even think about landing pages and microsites. So, you know, a, a company out there, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm in ideation phase, but I go, company out there has got a big site. Let's say they're on Magenta or something else, right? That's big. Maybe even WordPress, but they go, they can't do much with that main website, but the marketing team needs to deploy strategies that take forever or they're complex over here, not not even appropriate to do in marketing. I could roll out landing pages, like you said. I think about click funnels is used prolifically within marketing standards, but it's it's kind of a locked in program. Um, and, and they do great work, don't get me wrong. But you go, yeah. as a marketer, I want to be able to roll something out you know, a Microsoft landing page, which is you don't want a WordPress install sitting over here that you forget about. I've done plenty of that, but if through a WAS type platform, you're, you're, those updates and things are getting worked on or one click type things, you can roll those out for people to do landing page, microsites, whatever it is. I think that's a compelling, I hadn't, I hadn't thought about that until you mentioned landing pages. I'll give you another one. This is my favorite use case of the moment. It's, um, one of the big issues that we have in the Netherlands, and I'm sure it's the same in the US, is employer branding. Everybody's looking for employees. Where do you get them? Where do you actually hire mm -hmm. the right talent? And um, if you have a franchise business or a multi-location, multi-brand business, and there's one headquarters that's trying to do employer branding, it is a hell trying to do it over multiple websites for multiple locations, trying to get franchisees to adhere to design guidelines it's it's bananas yeah. so using a website as a service any marketer can build any employer branding site and attach that as a subdomain to the main domain of each specific uh, location standardizing the code and the content so you can actually push out any type of design that you want the site to look like so that it completely adheres to any type of employer branding that you came up with but then give each location owner its own module where they can write you know, the, the actual applications. So that's the only thing that they have access to. All the other stuff is centrally maintained by a marketer who is now able to sell services that are super technical in nature, sounding, but not really, because it's very easy to build. It's only WordPress. You don't have to code anything for this. Uh, I can show you how it works. And you can you can multiply your fees by because you're now selling a product on top of your service, something that people are going to pay for on a monthly basis. And so this works really well for any large business with multiple locations. And at the end of the day, you're not solving the problem of people not having a website. You're solving the problem of people not knowing how to do employer branding. So again, you're using it in a much larger strategy. Yeah, I love that. Okay, so we've talked quite a bit about Word, uh, WordPress website as a service. I think it's awesome. Some some criteria for an agency owner to evaluate. Like, hey, this could be something we could add on that could be could help us with deal flow, prospective customers graduating those customers as their needs. They show some success and their business grows. I want to turn the page for a second and just ask. Um, you've been doing this for a while now, a long time. 
what uh what are you seeing on the web web and then overall and uh and we can get down to wordpress but i'm just kind of curious i like to ask everybody this like what are you seeing out there um on a more meta perspective of the web and then wordpress so um what i'm about to say has two sides to it on the one hand you have a lot of people that are currently a little worried about the new features that are coming out of updates of WordPress, right? The, as as Gutenberg grows and improves, people are worried that it's going to interfere with features that they've built in their products. And my answer to that is, it is definitely an existential problem, but it's also an opportunity to raise the bar because now you have to work harder and improve more. And it's you wouldn't believe it if I told you, but when the calculator was introduced, people were afraid that their children would now be, become dumber because they didn't have to make these calculations in their head anymore. But we all know the results. Math actually became much more complicated as a result of it. I and mean, now we have much more complicated math that younger children are learning. Similarly, I see the development of this in the context of WordPress. But then on the other hand, we also we as a as as a as fans of the open source project are also facing an existential threat threat because platforms like Shopify, Wix, and Squarespace are outperforming us most of the time because it's a much easier to use and understand platform. And I get it. It's it's a it's a problem that I'm facing as well. How do we get our platform as easy to use and as easy to start onboarding to as possible? And it's it's definitely a challenge. And they've got billions of dollars to solve that problem. So what's the solution? I think the solution is not to compete with them head on. It's to do the David and Goliath thing. It's understand that where we excel is in the niche. We can build products specifically for people or use cases or niches that serve that audience in a way that a larger corporation would never be able to do. It's why you go to a boutique shop around the corner and not always do a department store because the owner there knows you and can give you a personal style. I have no idea why I came up with the fashion example, but I, I guess it fits this <laughs> conversation. I like it. But playing to your strengths and then conquering the niche is such cliche advice, right? I mean, you. I'm in the VC startup world. Um, I speak to a lot of investors uh, as part of my job. And it's one of those platitudes that they all use, right? Conquer your niche and then dominate uh, your ecosystem. And I think that is the strategy to not only compete with the larger platforms, but also to solve the existential problem of the bar being raised for all the WordPress product companies in our little community. And it's, it's a strategy that works for both these problems. And it's actually pretty straightforward mm -hmm. and serving better. So one size fits all, you know, kind of solution. You look at some of those platforms and then being able to cater. I like that boutique and department store example, by the way, anything else that you're seeing where I ask you what cool things you're excited about that you're doing? right um, now? I guess those are my biggest um, uh, talking points in the sense that I think it is, I don't think it's a word of caution. It's a word of comfort 
um, that if you focus on the thing that you love to do the most, you'll find that it's often very much towards a specific use case or a specific uh, person that you're trying to build something for. Uh, we all have those customers that we've enjoyed the most and they have a specific set of requirements that you'd love to work on. The problems that they have are the ones you want to solve. And um, I think that's what made this ecosystem strong in the first place. And I think that's just where we need to get back on focusing on. And at some point in time, companies try to be everything for everyone. Uh, you see this a lot in the um, acquisition strategy of hosting companies. I think it's not the best strategy to start buying plugins, therefore cannibalizing on their existing marketing channels. Um, and if we were to stay in our lane a little bit more, but still focus on collaboration, I think we can actually get a much, you can have a smaller piece of a much larger pie. And I think that's much more fun than when you're trying to be a big fish in a small pond. Mm -hmm. Just yep. to, just to mix my metaphors here <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> I, I love it. That's a, that's a really good uh, perspective shift for me too, is uh, I kind of bemoaned the one size fits all and then conquered the niche Excel in that is definitely where it's at. Like mm. we, you know, we, we wear clothing that, you know, over time you want to, you want to buy one that fits you perfectly and does what you need it to do. And so people will see, search those out as, you know, the world gets more competitive for sure. Those needs raise. So that's a great word. What are you excited about that you're doing at uh wild club? What do you got going on? So, what, what's on your, yeah, it's something that list? we spoke of before we went on air. It's uh we're building our own community. Obviously not in the same sense as the post status community, and it's definitely not anything uh, similar. But one of the one of the challenges that we face as a new company is uh, how do we get how do we explain this new technology to people? Mm -hmm. And what we've noticed is that obviously we're always going to be going to be improving our UI and our customer journey, but there's also a large desire for community. Yesterday, I sent out an email to uh, our, our contact list asking for help building this new community, testing the tools that we want to include in it. And I've been getting dozens and dozens of replies from people that want to help and contribute all day. I'm actually completely overwhelmed. Um, and I actually didn't expect it at all. So again, today is a day that's, that's for me largely themed around building a community and you can tell in, in this whole conversation and it's something that excites me a lot because I love to talk to people and I love to hear about what they want to do and how they how they plan on adding value for other people and um, grouping that and bringing people together I'll admit I'm also pretty nervous because the stakes have been raised now that we've seen so many people that want to contribute I feel like there's a much larger responsibility for us now it's not something that we can just launch and then figure out as we go uh, so I, I expect to have a busy December because we plan to launch this in January. Um, but yeah, that's uh, it's definitely something exciting. That's excellent to hear. I know we talked about it before, but you know, with what, what was transformational for our our business at iThemes was when we switched from customer to com community and realizing people come to a business 
uh, to buy a product, but they're trying to get something done bigger in their life. And I love that you all are, and, and if you resource them and you you build fans and we want raving fans at what we do. And the other side is people are getting help. And I think you've, you're modeling something that these prospective clients for your service can do too. So you have a bunch of mental health therapists, you know, that you're servicing with a website. Uh, what we did at All Counseling continue to do, that's the startup that we had for to help therapists, is sh- teach them marketing, teach them things that they can basically do to kind of grow their practice. So I always think business works better as a community. It's not necessarily one size fits all, but I love that because you're tapping into um, the aspirations and serving them. And that's, you know, businesses as publishers, it's kind of businesses, community leaders. And uh, so I love that you're doing that. I can't wait for it to come out because um, I think you've got a vibrant community sitting there that wants to learn, okay, we're doing this. We're having some success. We don't feel like we're competing to get these other people here. Let's share some things that are best practices to help us really ultimately serve our customers and grow our, grow our business. So I love it. You're doing that. Thanks. And I really want to get this opportunity to um, repeat what I said when we met at WordCamp US. I am a huge fan of post status. It is one of those products that delivers much, much more than what you're paying for. And um, it is definitely the the place where I always go to to find friends, uh, reconnect with friends, follow up with people that I've met at board camps everywhere, and um, it's it's one of those places where it kind of just organizes itself. I almost feel it like does. it does, <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, you're also putting a lot of effort uh, into the the website, into the community, into uh, the podcast. It's an it's an amazing way to uh, to present yourself and hopefully find a new few friends after this recording. Um, yeah, man, thanks for what you're doing. Yeah. I, I really appreciate it, and, and we're modeling what we're doing after this example. So I hope you find you find it as a compliment. Oh, of course. Well, thank you for that, and it is reflective of the people and and have done it. Like Slack is is crazy, and uh, but people are using that to network and partner and and then support each other. And I think that's a in the spirit of WordPress. So I appreciate you saying that. Well, Roger, thanks so much for the time. Um, this has been really intriguing. Uh, conversation. I think it's an opportunity for agencies to grow and expand their business to be one more stable, that recurring revenue that could come if they can find those niches that they serve, the paths, the blueprints that they, they offer and use a great platform like WildCloud to, uh, to, to do that without having to hire, you know, all the technical type things that they might need for something like that. You're taking out a great part of that and offering it as a service. Product, you're a great me. ambassador. I, I really appreciate the way you're able to uh, vocalize everything here. Uh, it's, it's great. Awesome. You guys make it easy. Thanks everybody for um, listening in today. Go check out wildcloud.com and I hope you get to meet Roger soon. He's a great conversation to have and a, and a friend that you want to have uh, in your circle. So thanks Roger again. Thanks.